You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 290. My name's Turner Sparks. And I am Michael Kaplan. Sir Michael. You can find me at turnersparks.com. Find me at turnersparks on Instagram. I'm putting up new stand-up comedy videos every single week. And now I'm doing Yeah's reaction to my videos, Cap. How about that? That's so, the most genius thing you've ever come up with. Why make new material when you can take old material and just have your wife react to it? It's <laughs> really it great. <laughs> it doubles the yeah, it doubles the life of the it's material. Like when you animate, you're gonna animate it next, right? You're gonna take the same clip and have it animated. It just, oh my gosh! <laughs> well, and then we got to get Myrna's reaction. Maybe oh yeah, yeah. Myrna's my niece and person on the streets reaction. <laughs> yeah, my I'll just pancakes my dog's reaction. Sure, <laughs> well, everybody. Two barks means she likes it. <laughs> just it's gonna be great. Yeah. So anyway, it turns on. It's really yeah. It's a great way to blast out your material. Uh, you can find me all those places. Plus, I'll be in Australia for two weeks, uh, headlining the Sydney Comedy Store in late January, early February. And uh, you can find Kaplan at Cap in America on all social media platforms. Cap in NYC for all your uh, real estate needs. Is that worldwide, Cap? I can give advice to you if worldwide. I can represent you in New York. I'm licensed in the, to practice real estate in the state of New York. So, okay, but I can good. refer you Ooh, to somebody and the others, and I get a referral fee. So, you know, I, I do, I will do that. So, I will anywhere in North America, anywhere in North America, no, worldwide. A worldwide yeah. referral fee. Keller Williams has offices everywhere. So, we're, 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 we're lots of places. So, yes, Kaplan NYC me. for that. Kaplan on the podcast today, we're doing a special episode. Sometimes, you know, what we have with our friends, with our comedy community is more interesting than anything that's going on in the news. Yeah. There's nothing going on in the news these days. It's boring. So nothing as interesting as this. Nothing's happening. So we have our, <laughs> our old friend, Muhammad Magdi on the show. He's coming up in just a minute. Uh, he's going to tell us about how he escaped the Arab spring Ooh. in 2012. <laughs> I think, I don't actually know. All I know is that he showed up in Shanghai, maybe two showed up one day. He so showed up one day. I yeah. come into the comedy club, the Kung Fu Comic Club in Shanghai, and there's this Egyptian guy on stage just yelling at people. And I said <laughs> to Andy, what is cap? And he said, you are dogs. You are pigs. You are scum. And I go, is this comedy? And Andy's like, I'm not sure, but it's open mic. They can do whatever they want. And then it <laughs> turns out it's Muhammad. I find out later and he's escaped the Arab Spring. But I know I never got the full story on how he escaped. So we're going to get into that. Him. That'll be the entire episode today. It's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, Cap, but before that. Yeah. Patreon.com slash lost in America. We need people are jumping on the bandwagon left and right. Yeah. Imar joined last week. We had one new subscriber, but we lost two people. <laughs> the so, Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. <laughs> exactly. We, 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 that's not good. I, I, if we lose, if we get two to one, that's good. If we get one to one, that's okay but we cannot have losing two when we get one. That's not gonna, no. that's a good business model for every one. We gain, we lose two. That's not a way to make a living. We're not going to be. Yeah. The lights are going to go off pretty soon around here. Your dog pancakes. Kaplan's going to lose her health insurance. Mm. 
don't know. She already <laughs> wears diapers and she yeah. has a walker. She can't walk. And these people want to take Eric want, Wolf, who unsubscribed, wants to take her d- walker away. Is that what you essentially want? a dog killer? Yes. We're <laughs> if you unsubscribe from this podcast from Patreon, we name and shame. <laughs> you don't want pancakes Kaplan to live to be able to walk. Point is. Uh, we're in the final stages of recording our, uh, I mean, sorry, of editing the TV show we filmed in El Salvador last year. I mean, last, sorry, six months ago. It's early in the morning out here. We filmed it in July. We're on the last uh, stage of that. We're putting in the voiceover tomorrow for that. How about that? And then uh, all this stuff, we're going to have a watch party very soon with all of our Patreon subscribers. Eric Wolf, not invited. Not uh, invited. But uh, everybody else. And um, Imar is invited, although I think over the life of it, Eric's given us more money. So maybe we'll doesn't let him matter. Go. It's we wait. It's at the end. You got to get in now. This is why it's, it's a good time what to have get you in. done for me lately? What what we, we don't remember anybody who gave us money last year. That's a good point. So, uh, yeah, go to patreon.com slash lost in America. Not only are you getting us doing this show, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, our live from the bunker show, but it's just a way to support us. Are, are we're growing. We're building. We're going to be huge stars one day. You're going to want to say you knew us when you're going to want to yeah. get invited to the cocktail party, you know, when we are big stars and our show is a huge hit on Netflix or wherever it's going to be a huge hit. We will send, will we send autographs to the people who are her patrons? Will we send them something? Well, we'll send them a, we'll, we'll autograph their DVD, the DVD. Yes. Bring me the bootleg DVD of the, uh, <laughs> the, the extras <laughs> or the uh, director's commentary. How about that? Yes. That's we a good will remember deal. you. All but, right. Uh, Kaplan on the show yeah. today. We have Muhammad Magdi talking about the Arab Spring, but I thought the way we should start this is let's do a recap for the audience of the Arab Spring. A bunch, yeah, because our audience are a bunch of dummies. They don't read the papers. They don't know even know what even happened. They don't know anything. So what do you know, Cap? You go first. Mm. What do you know? <laughs> what do I know? Or should I begin? I, no. Well, I know. Like, okay, about a decade ago, I believe it's 2011 or so around those parts. 2010, 11. There was a protest began in Tunisia. I think was the first one. Tunisia is where it was. You're right. Yeah. And it went all a spread. You know, it was like the hot, it was all the rage. It was, it must, was it in the spring? I don't remember if it was actually in the spring, but uh, it was called the Arab Spring and everybody started copying. Libya fell, Gaddafi finally fell. Oh no, is that after, whatever. Libya went down, Egypt, they protested. They protested all over. And Egypt was one of the success stories at first, we thought, because they got rid of Mubarak, who had been in power for, I don't know, 30 years, 20, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how, since Sadat was killed. I don't remember how many years, a long time. And uh, you didn't study that hard, did you? I didn't study at all. I, I know the area a little bit. Come on. You're and, blowhard. Uh, you, know, you know this. Stuff. I'm blowharding. I know he was in power. That's why we're doing a refresher here. We're, so he and then the Muslim, they elected the Muslim Brotherhood. That part I, I you didn't know. I don't think you picked that up. They, you know, you, when you have democracy in the Middle East, sometimes you get bad results. <laughs> Not the best results that we want. <laughs> so uh, we want democracy, but we want it, you know, with limits. So they elected the Muslim Brotherhood. And, and I know that Muslim didn't last very I think it's like Egypt's version of it's a terrorist organization, I believe, or like, oh. uh, you know, oh, so no good. Muhammad, Muhammad, correct me on that. He might disagree, but uh, they're not. The I- best. Is it ISIS for Egypt? Not ISIS. No, no. They're much more old school. They've been around for a long time. So uh, Al Qaeda. Yeah, I think you've been older school than them, but they've been around since I don't know. But so they didn't last very long, though. I don't remember if the if why exactly if we had something to do with it. We'll find out. But they didn't last very long. And now they have a new guy who I think is becoming like another dictator. That's my read on the situation. They're arresting right, well, journalists again. And that's yeah, most of it. The only thing I want to, the only thing I want to sneak in here is I was in China at the time. And I remember 
specifically that this was the first uh, the way it spread. It was the first uprising to spread via social media. 2010, oh, yeah. 11, 12 in that range. Twitter. And so and the and like Twitter, Facebook, all this kind of thing. Previously, Twitter had just been people going on like, oh, I had a like lunch was great today. No one knew what <laughs> to talk about on Twitter. Right. And, My coffee. And, they didn't put the cream in it. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> you're complaining just at Starbucks. Not you know, <laughs> terrible. Not my order, you know. Right. And then uh, all of a sudden these Arab people started organizing a revolution on Twitter. And we went, whoa, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, and, we just think of that. And I was in China at the time. I remember this specifically because because of these Arab people, China <laughs> got mm. rid of Twitter, got rid of. They canceled all social media in China. They yeah, outlawed we didn't think it. of that because <laughs> they said, be well, oops, you know, well, that's what could happen. There could happen anywhere. So that's why I got my Internet taken away by people like Muhammad in those. things. Uh, oh, my God. It's his fault. So you couldn't. Uh, <laughs> it's, I blame him. Squarely. We didn't hear from you for weeks on email because of that. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, Muhammad, you were the, Magdi, real, you were the uh, real casualty. I was the real casualty. Exactly. That's the point. It's all about me. Muhammad Magni, stand up comedian now based in tours around the world, now based in Hong Kong. Welcome to the show. How did we do on that recap? <laughs> um, pretty okay, I would say. You guys, you guys got the basics right. That's what we do. Uh, almost all the details are wrong, but the, the structure <laughs> is there. The framework is there. Good. So, yeah. Hey, well, I was I, right. Mubarak we, was in power since 1981, by the way. So there you go. I just we have, have, have so, we have something to work with. <laughs> okay, so that's 40 years. Cap, you said 30, but that's 40. Oh, okay. Quick I math. can't do math. I can't do yeah. math. <laughs> it's not your fault. Anyway, <laughs> Mohammed. So you were. Uh, um, what year did you come to Shanghai? Let's start there. I actually came. To, I had already been in China for a year and a half before I moved to Shanghai. Ah, so okay. I okay. moved to Shanghai in 2012. Uh, sorry, I moved to Shanghai 2013, summer 2013. I had moved to China already early 2012. And Got I was teaching it. English in Dongbei, which is Northeast China. Yeah, the fun part. <laughs> the Where fun it's, part. Yeah, it's basically the, close to the border of North Korea. Yeah. Oh, that's where Turner goes skiing, right? That's right. I did go skiing up there. Yeah, they have great mountains. It yeah. is a little and cold. So you're the only tourists who go there are white people and Japanese businessmen. It's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, it's a border town, if you know what I mean, for the Japanese exactly. businessmen. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> also, before before we continue on with my life story, I have I would like to just complain for one minute. The floor uh, is about, yours. Uh, Turner Sparks Double Happiness. What a scam. What? <laughs> oh my God. He's holding the CD up for our video. Signed. I'm holding the CD, which is part of the scam because you sent me a CD. I don't have anything to play in. You ordered it. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> I, what am I supposed to be a mind reader? I ordered it. Why did you order genu- a CD? I genuinely thought you're, you're going to send me a CD with like a little USB stick so I can have the CD as like, you know, like memory, but then I can actually listen to the album. What? No, I don't know. What I don't have about? anything to play it in. You did. <laughs> it's not a scam. There's nowhere on it. Does it say it comes with a USB? No, 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 no. Did this, you think it this, came with a CD player? No, the scam <laughs> is not the, the fact that it's a CD. The scam is that after I spent like half an hour trying to ask my friends to give me a CD player so I can listen to the album, I just went on Spotify and it's fucking right there. Oh yeah, but it's not. <laughs> it's not yeah, but that doesn't support. That doesn't pay the bills. 
Yeah, your support. Yeah, Spotify gives me zero. For anyone listening, sp- stop telling me you listen on Spotify. It's 0.00%. Eric Wolf, I have it on Good Authority. Eric Wolf, listen to your album on Spotify. It's ridiculous. But this is this is the only way I can listen to your album is on Spotify. You well, understand, even though I pay for the CD. Feel good that you're that you're helping out a, a artist trying to improve the ha, world. You know what? Have the CD framed. It's going to be worth something one day. This TV show is going to be big. Just put it in a frame right now. How about you know, this? I have a signed oh, copy. I, yeah, I'm very happy that I have it. This yeah. is your and, punishment uh, okay, okay. for taking away my the internet in 2011. Okay. <laughs> the scam hey, is back. your business, is, is you doing business, but the real album is actually, when I did listen to it on Spotify, it's pretty fucking good. Ah, hey. came around. Thank well you. Well done. But Pretty fucking good. But you do terrible business and you scam people. Anyway, it's better but on it's, CD, the sound quality. <laughs> I clearly do you good business. People, I mean, your money's in my pocket okay, okay, right now. Should, so who's the bad businessman? <laughs> you should tell people when they order a CD that they need a CD player to listen to the CD. That's, that's, I think that's on that's, you. That's insanity. <laughs> should I tell people at a restaurant? Should I tell people when they order a cheeseburger, they need a stomach to digest it? Also, I know I, I know you guys in the U.S. are like pretty backwards, but like, why do you even have CDs still? Because people buy, <laughs> you have, have to make a living. There's so something for him to sign. He can't autograph a USB drive. <laughs> yeah, what if you can autograph, autograph your laptop when you listen on Spotify? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Send me something digital. All right, whatever. <laughs> digital. Wow. No, a lot of hate mail to start the show off. This is. Let's move. Anyway, moving on to <laughs> why were okay. you? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna defend the CD industry to start my show. Just you bought it. You got. You get what you get. And you don't throw a fit. That's the way it works. Yeah, well, you get and you don't. Yeah, fine. So the Mohammed, product is good. It's just the packaging is bad. Thank you. I'll accept. Uh, Blurb that. <laughs> yeah, that's going on my next poster. The product's good, but the packaging's bad. Uh, what? Uh, all right. So you're in. You're you born in Egypt. Grow up in Egypt. Spend your whole life yeah. in Egypt. And then, yeah, in 2010, Tunisia flips. Right. There's, right. And then, where are you at this point? I'm in Egypt. So what happens in Tunisia is that. They, they had protests just out of nowhere, right? And we, like my generation, I'm 33 years old now. At the time, I was like early 20s. And my generation and everywhere pretty much in the Middle East has always grown up with the one president, the one dictator. That's that's the guy. He never goes away. He never dies. Everyone dies. Your dad, your grandpa, and your brothers and your sister, everyone dies. That guy is there. It's Gaddafi. It's Mubarak. It's Zinedine Ben Ali in Tunisia. That guy is just there. And then all of a sudden, we hear about some protests in Tunisia, which is whatever. They have protests. Who cares? But then like two weeks later, Zinedine Ben Ali, who has been there for, I think at the time, over 30 years, flees the country. And we're like, wait a second. It can work. That's new. (laughs) Exactly. And that that was very interesting because we're like, what happened? So everyone started paying attention. And what happened, it was such as like a small spark that's like sparked some, something much bigger. What happened is that some street vendor had a fight with a policewoman. And you got to understand in the, in the Arab culture, like a woman slapping you or even insulting you is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Like that is like, that is very, like that's more insulting than a man doing that, right? Because yeah. that's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's embarrassing. What's the right word? Emasculates you. Yeah. Emasculate, yeah right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can't have so this women police officer he, slapping you around. 
Yeah, actually, I did end up going to Tunisia like a year later. And I asked my friends there about the real story, not like the, 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 the feel-good story. And the real story is that he actually insulted her really badly first. And that's the story you don't hear anywhere, but they know. <laughs> what happened is that he was like illegally like selling some bullshit on the street. And she told him to move away because it's legal. And then she knocked over his scale. And then he said something along the lines of, oh, if you tip over my scale, I'm going to use your boobs to weigh my tomatoes or whatever the fuck. <laughs> so is that something inappropriate and sexual? Classic insult. So she slapped him. Yeah, not a bad line. Exactly. Oh, so she slapped him, culture. She slapped right? him. He's free speech. Yeah. <laughs> and he was so insulted as like, how can a woman slap me? And somehow, probably with a little bit of help, outside help is the, is the story that they try to say, that somehow ended up being such a big protest in front of the police uh, like headquarters. And then that guy, because he couldn't get his like anyone to listen to him, he set himself on fire and he died. Whoa, because he got slapped by a woman. Yeah, correct. Can I just and pause right here thing, and say that yeah. if, if this story would have been wide known, that the whole reason why he was so yeah, upset because it was a woman who slapped him, 80% of Americans would have been. been in favor of the <laughs> dictator. <laughs> that's right yeah so it's very interesting actually knowing obviously in egypt i lived through the, like i had first-hand experience but even in tunisia knowing the full story it's very interesting to see the final product like what you guys or what everyone in the world what version of the story becomes mainstream and yeah. what like just kind of like either skip over or you just kind of conveniently don't mention right yeah, yeah, I've never story. heard that part of the story. Um, I've never heard I mean, her story. I, I've heard the story of the there was the vendor and the police officer. I didn't hear. I never heard it was a woman, and I never heard he was so offended because it specifically was a woman. She's going to be a feminist yeah, hero. And one also, day. you will totally you will never hear the fact that he actually started it. Like, right. like he actually insulted and said something yeah. really bad first. Yeah, that I mean, he's a misogynist. Yeah, he's definitely a misogynist. <laughs> and it's funny because the young people, even the people who are for the protest in Tunisia, people who are like in favor of Zinedine uh, bin Ali leaving and everything, they acknowledge that that guy is a piece of shit. Mm. Yeah. Like they acknowledge the end result is good, but he's still a piece of shit. I mean, yeah. everybody's got issues. Break a few eggs, I guess, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. So anyway, so that's what happened in Tunisia. And then, the, yeah, their president left and people in Egypt was like, wait a second, they leave? And then, but it wasn't like, oh, let's just copy them. It's actually happened that around the same time and a similar incident in Egypt happened. And that was the end of 2010 when there's this kid called Khaled Saeed in a city called Alexandria. It's by the, you guys know Alexandria, like by the Mediterranean. Yeah. So Khaled Saeed, he was like, yeah, Built by Alexander Gray. And he uh, was like maybe early 20s or something. And he had a fight with a police officer. Well, again, this is a common thread because in countries, Arab countries, police officers have all the power and they just beat the fuck out of people if they want to. And okay. it's very common that like young people just get in fights with police officers. So this one, he, uh, the police officer was kind of bought, like asking the kid, trying to ID the kid who was like at an internet cafe. And the kid kind of just talked back and the officer didn't know the way, didn't like the way the kid talked back. So he just started beating him up and uh, the kid died. Like he beat him up so bad that the kid died just. And then actually that incident happens almost every day in Egypt, at least at the time. 
what got it, what got attention is kind of like the, the, the timing was really bad for them because it was the Tunisia protest and the internet and Facebook was taking hold. Everyone was on Facebook. What happened is that the autopsy photo leaked on Facebook. And the, the autopsy, autopsy photo of yeah. his face, yeah, of his face was just like, it didn't look good. It mm-hmm. looked like someone beat him up. And that wasn't the final straw. The final straw was the, the, the official report, official autopsy report said that he died choking on a bag of weed. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Choking on a bag and of that's weed. That's when people went, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's they tried to be like, of course. So their narrative, the, their official narrative was the police officer tried to stop the kid because he had weed on him and the mm-hmm. kid tried to swallow the bag of weed and he died choking, but the photo is there. And his yeah. family had the photos. Like the photos was not photoshopped. It was like right. a photo of like some guy with like broken teeth and his face was fucked. And that's when people were like, all right, that's it. We're going on the street. So this other guy who actually, a little bit of conspiracy, um, used to work for Google. He was like the, the regional manager for Google at the time in Egypt. He started a Facebook page called Kulina Khalid Said, which is where all Khalid Said, where all that kid would die. What's that again? The conspiracy people. We are all Khaled Said. We're all that guy. Oh, we're died. all him. Kid yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah, so that's the name of the group that actually started the, the protest in Egypt. Is we're all Khaled Said. And if you want to go into CIA conspiracy and all this stuff, hmm. it is actually pretty plausible because it was started by literally the, the head of Google at the time in Egypt. Got so it. you can, you know. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you can be like, no, no, a little iffy. Google's the new CIA. <laughs> that's yeah. Where they- Correct. Um, but the, when he started the, the, the page, it, got, it gained traction very quickly, and he chose the, the date uh, 25th of January 2011. The reason is 25th of January is actually the, the national police day. It's a national holiday in Egypt, and it's a police day. So he said, we're going to go in the, into Tahrir Square, which is the main square in Cairo, to protest police brutality on their day. Well, it's a day that honored, on it was a day nation- that honored police, like a... Correct. Like it's a day day honor, the day to honor the police, and it's a national holiday. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so this is going to be January twenty fifth, yeah. two thousand eleven, is the day in Egypt the protests start. So at this point, yes. Where are you? I am in Egypt. I was working for Vodafone at the time, which is a British telecommunication company, a big multinational company, and I was just at work. I was not politically active, to, like. I was kind of following the news, but I would, I wouldn't think of going on that day just because yeah. I was. First of all, I was a little afraid, and second, I'm like, I don't think it's going to amount to anything, right? Right. But you're not. You're so out of college. Like, you're working at a job. You're just like. A- Correct. I graduated university the same year, 2010. These protests are January 2011, so I had started working as soon as graduated, summer 2010. Okay. Um, yeah, so the pro- the protests happened, and actually, they handled it. The police and the government handled it so badly that they are the, directly responsible for the protests going out of control, mm-hmm. because the protests on twenty fifth of January actually were pretty small. You only remember the photos for like the millions of people in Tahrir Square. That's later in the month. The protests on twenty fifth of January is very very small. But they wanted to suppress it so quickly that they just sent so much, like so many police officers and so much anti-riot guys and gear and, and anti-riot gear that they just agitated people. 
So people were just like, instead of just standing there because the, the Facebook page was saying, hey, you just stand in the pay square and just, you know, protest peacefully. Yeah. But there was almost as many police officers as the protesters, which was just like a few thousand people. But they sent so many police officers because they were freaked out. Right. And that actually caused people to get agitated and they started having like, you know, scuffles with the police. And then eventually the police started throwing tear gas at them and just the thing that the situation went out of control. This is all on the first day. They're throwing tear gas day one. That's all on the first day. Okay. Correct. That's, that's probably. Had there been protests before? There anything like that before? Or, or, or been? I have not. Um, you're not going to like the answer, Kaplan, but I did oh, go. Well, against on, Israel. Uh, on a protest. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, the, when there was the when there was the peace deal, you mean, or when was that the? No, no, just, no. That was when I was like in high school. A couple of times, you know, every couple of years, there's always a fucking Gaza war, right? And right. Oh, well, so like I when there's a war, I, right? Yeah, yeah. But in that situation, they're just protesting that. They're, right. Yeah, it's like a student protest, right? You, you, right. you know, but that the government doesn't get that. The government's not that upset about it, right? They're just like they're a little annoyed, but they're not. Yeah. Right. It's and actually kind of funny different. you say that because it depends when, right? Because in 2008, it was used kind of almost like a release valve, right? Right. It, to make us look like there is some freedom of people for people to, to protest. But right, right now, right. literally, if you go on the street as an Egyptian citizen, and I'm not exaggerating, in 2022, as an Egyptian citizen, if you stand in Tahrir Square and hold a free Palestine sign, you will get arrested. Really? That's yeah. Oh, us. Yeah, because I always thought. Yeah, I guess that. I guess it depends on the country, right? Because I always feel like there's in some countries, it's like exactly. It's a good release valve, so they don't get mad about you know the re- the actual government. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Correct. Get mad but at it depends Israel. When. But, uh, like yeah, right yeah. now, right now they can't risk upsetting Israel. So right. I mean, well, this just, is also not like an example that that I'm using hypothetically. There have been cases when you know again, whenever there is a Gaza thing or whatever, there have been cases right. where people started protesting and holding Palestinian flags, and the government's like, nah, not anymore. Right. So it's like you never know. Sometimes <laughs> it's cool. Sometimes it's like, nope, we're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Wow. Crazy. So and then All right, um, so day day so one. Yeah, that, that was yeah. that was my only experience with protests. That that was like two thousand. I think it was two thousand and eight. I got one of the Gaza wars and it was like, right. you know, a little protest after school. No one, no one gets hurt. And that, so I did, I was not that, that politically active. So I started going, I think the day after I, from my memory, maybe 26, because people at work, everyone's like, oh, let's just go see what happens. Like, we're not actually going to go protest. We're just going to, we're curious because the TV was not, it's interesting. At the time, we had two sources. One is government, the national TV, and then the other side is Al Jazeera. And later, you realize neither of them is telling the truth. It's mm-hmm. pretty funny because Al Jazeera was in the middle of the protest, showing you as if like everyone in Egypt is in that square. So they're showing, oh my God, it's millions of people. You know, they're they're having to fight for freedom and stuff. And then. The national TV is literally shown pointing. So Tahrir Square, I don't know if you, if you can see it on, on Google Map or something. There's a square in the middle and there's like a couple of bridges leading to the square. And the national TV is showing the camera, showing the bridge that is leading to Tahrir Square, completely empty and saying there is no one there. Okay. And it's, and it's so funny, the difference between like it, it, Al Jazeera's it's essentially trying to get viewers. Their goal is to make money as is yeah, like correct. U S media. 
And so that is you want to hype whatever it is, hype it up as much as possible to make it seem more extreme. So more people are watch. And it's also a Qatari funded channel and Qatar was at the time cozying up to the Muslim Brotherhood. So it was their in, in, in their interest to try to actually make this work because the only organized political group aside from the government, aside from Mubarak and his party, are the Muslim Brotherhood. And they were right. They actually made a bet and they won because they backed the protest, hoping that Mubarak would leave and the Muslim Brotherhood as the only organized party would take over. And that's exactly what happened. So actually Al Jazeera is directly responsible, one of the parties responsible for the, the protests succeeding. Wow. And the government yeah, couldn't so, at this point. Well, sorry, keep going. Uh, no, um, so we, a lot of people, the, the numbers looked bigger because there was a lot of people like me who were curious about what's going on. Yeah. And I say that because I spoke to people when I was there. A lot of people were just kind of standing on the sidelines, just kind of like, huh. This is interesting. We've never seen that before. Look, the police is kind of scared, right? Because the police started to see the numbers and they didn't know what to do. And and people started feeling a little bit more brave. So they started setting up tents in the middle of the square. The chants start. It's also kind of funny because on the 25th of January, the, the chants were actually not down with their regime. The chants with police reforms and no to police police brutality. It was not down with the regime or Mubarak out. But the ceiling of the demands kept getting higher and higher because people started to realize that we can actually achieve something here. Mm -hmm. And I think on the 26th, I don't remember exactly, 26 or 27, Mubarak started giving his first speech. And it was something along the lines of, uh, oh, I was not intending to run another, this is a guy who's been in, in power for 30 years, never had fair elections. And he's like, oh, by the way, I was, I was, this was going to be my last run. I don't know what you guys are mad about. I was going to retire, guys. I was going to retire anyway. If you guys yeah. just, if I'm going to read my memoirs, going to go. <laughs> exactly. This is like day yeah, two of the process. Day two or day three, something like this. Yeah. Okay. Everyone go home. I swear I'll be out, but I just got to finish yeah, things yeah. up. I got to train my successor. You know, I can't just leave things. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that actually got people more angry because people felt that these underestimating their intelligence was like, dude, they've yeah. been there for fucking 30 years. Really, this is yeah. the day. And then they started chatting down with Mubarak. And they're like, all right, you're out, you're done. Yeah, you're done yeah, now. You're anyway. and then the, yeah, and that was around tw 28 is actually pretty much the, 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 the focal like point of the protest. Like that's the main day. Because 28th is the day that there was over a million people in the square. It got really violent. A million? The, One million people in the yeah, square? Yeah, well over, well over a million people. I was wow. there. Actually. And that's when it got, started getting really fucking hectic. Uh, because it got really violent. They started shooting. like So they had snipers on top of the buildings in Tahrir Square. And you just see people getting shot. Like you would Whoa. see people. Do right. you, you ever watch The Walking Dead? <laughs> I've never seen it. I can imagine. Yeah, so... What you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. People getting picked off. That's exactly it. You have. Did you know anyone who was shot? Or? Uh, not directly, but I've seen it. Wait, wait. You so, know, Muhammad, you see it like, so you're yeah. there on day two. You're on there on January 26th, but you're as like a casual observer. You're just like, whoa, curious. What's going on? What is this? Correct. And then, yeah, what made you go back the next day and the next day? Um, what made me go back is that I actually believe for the first time that my existence makes a difference. 
Okay. Like me being there can achieve something. You grow up in countries like Egypt or Tunisia or whatever, and you're just a number. You, you're, you're, you, don't, you don't have any power to, to change anything in, in your, maybe in the direct surrounding Sure, you can change your job or whatever. But if you're unhappy with the system, there's nothing you can do about it. You just deal with the hand you were dealt. And for the first time that day, that feeling changed. And I would speak for almost everyone, at least in my generation, who had similar feelings. When I said earlier about like how the presidents stay there for life, I was not joking. Right. That is a genuine belief that we had that Gaddafi is just there forever. Gaddafi is Gaddafi. Yeah. What is going to happen to him? Nothing. Because I was born in 1989. Gaddafi was there. Mubarak was there. Zainal Abdin Bilali was there. All of these guys were there. It's like, they don't die. No, they have so great health care. For the, the first time, they do have <laughs> great health care. They actually live forever. On that, on that point, it's kind of funny because healthcare in these countries is so bad. And these guys, whenever something happens to them, they fly to Germany to, right, get, right. Uh, oh, really? to get healthcare. They never go, no matter how nice the private hospitals in, in Egypt are, they don't trust them. And it's not just because the level of the healthcare is not good. They don't trust the doctors yeah. themselves um, because they know they're not popular. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, wow. So, so I, I, I'd yeah. always um, thought of it like in a country like that or other countries where we've lived, uh, it's like the weather. It's like complaining about the weather. You can complain about it, but you have no ability to change it. It just is. Correct. That's how I describe complaining about the government. Like the people would always ask me why in other countries, why aren't they protesting? I'm like, well, first of all, you can't do anything. It's like you, it, it, there is a sense of yeah. hopelessness. I mean, to it. They, yeah. well, most of these leaders have been in power. Yeah, they were in power from the seventies. Gaddafi, right? And uh, to, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so Mubarak, they get Mubarak took over in in, in nineteen seventy nine. Mubarak was a president ten years before I was, or maybe eighty one, uh, like years before I was born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right when you decide to go, uh, there was back, another. There was another like side issue that one of the things that people were really mad about is that the fact that Mubarak. There was talks that even after he leaves, which is in forever, his son might take over. Right. So that was one of the Same reasons those people were very mad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's never ending. All right. I want to get more of this story. We do have to take a break. But when I come back, I want to, we're going to keep diving into this. Kaplan, we're part of the Go World's Smartest it. Podcast Network. That is me. Really? That is you. That is Lost in America. That is also the Political Orphanage with Andrew Heaton. And that is also the uh, Majoring in Everything podcast with Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy. You can find it all at worldsmartestpodcastnetwork.com. Subscribe to all these shows. Please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us on, even if it's Spotify. I don't even think you can review people on Spotify. I I don't know. I don't. (laughs) Did did you have any CD reviews? Did anyone review your CD on Spotify? Or? Not on Spotify. I'm probably going to get one from Muhammad that's just complaining that I don't have a <laughs> USB drive or whatever it is. I don't know. USB. I mean, what? <laughs> Speaking of living in the 80s, Jesus Christ, who uses a <laughs> USB drive anymore? Anyway, that's all. WorldSmartestPodcastNetwork.com. Yeah. And now, Kaplan, it might be a word from us at this point. I believe, let's say, and now oh, yeah, a word, word from us. <laughs> a word from us. <laughs> All right, we're back. Thank you, us. 
Thank you, you, sponsors or us, whatever you heard. <laughs> in that um, Muhammad. All right. So w- w- you went back because you thought you could change. You thought that change could could be happening for the first time in your life. And were you was there was also something was there a sense of risk in this? Like if I'm part of this group, if I'm seen, if I whatever, I could go to jail or or are you is that along in your head as well? Or when it's a million people, yeah, are you thinking I mean, like who cares? It's a bit complicated, um, but also I'm I'm very like I, I I think as I get older, I my ADD gets worse. So I need to tell you guys this before before I, I forget. forget. Yeah. There is there is rating rating on Spotify for for um, for podcasts. Oh, and you guys have no rating yet. We have no. So you ra- guys oh. should encourage people. Yeah, yeah. That's embarrassing. Well, yeah. I, I'm about to leave like two stars, but you guys mm. should tell other people to leave five stars. No, 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 yeah, Muhammad. This is the rule: say whatever you want about us, no matter how much yeah. you hate us, but just make it five stars. Yeah, That's you can rip rule. this. Actually, I'm a dirty Zionist. You know give me five stars. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome because I'm the only one who left rating and now it's a five-star rating. Thank yes. you. Look at that. So, so all of our reviewers who've already left iTunes reviews, like Tug just left one last week. Thank you very much. But that's not good enough. We need you guys now to go to Spotify and leave a review. Spotify well. only allows the star rating okay. without comments. Oh, it's even easier. Even five better. stars. No excuses. Oh, yeah. Comments. Yeah. Good. Yeah. We don't want five comments. We're like we're like Mubarak. We don't want comments. We don't want <laughs> feedback. Too dangerous. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we'll shoot, we'll shoot you from a rooftop. <laughs> anyway. Oh yeah, you were asking about the element of risk, right? Like if I exactly. was worried or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, not particularly for. I think you feel empowered by the sheer number of people. Okay. So you actually start kind of running the numbers in your head. Like you do hear about casualties, and I literally saw people like kind of like just a little bit further back, kind of get picked off. And then obviously everyone kind of like runs to them and try to help them or whatever. But then you also think I'm in a, in a, in a maybe five square square kilometer space and there's about 300,000 people. What are the odds? Oh my gosh. So even when police officers are shooting from the rooftop with impunity, they're not going to go to jail for this. They're not going to be in trouble for this. No one's none, running up. None to of them went it. to jail. Yeah. 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 And it's not even like, like, at least at our, like, at least at our shooters in America, someone they're illegal. Like the police are trying to stop them at some point. Um, But when (laughs) you, so even when that's happening, when you're seeing people get picked up, you're still going, "Eh, it's not going to hit me. I'm running the numbers in my head. Yeah. What are the chances? Yeah. Yeah. I studied accounting. I'm actually a numbers guy, even though I don't like to, to, uh, Analytics uh, work in a bank or whatever, but like, yeah, my, my, my brain can run numbers pretty quick. Advanced analytics. And I just like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, you know what? The probability is pretty low. Actually. It's just so like crossing the street. Is, yeah. And when you're in the, when you're in the square and people are just getting picked off left and right, can you run away? Or are you packed in like a concept? Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there is a system. So actually we developed, not me, like we, obviously there's different groups and whatever. So there was uh, what is called uh, like, a, like a makeshift clinic. That's the word, the makeshift, uh, makeshift hospital. So we actually have the doctors on one side with like their little makeshift clinic. And then you have uh, the guys on the motorbike and the motorbike guys pick up the people who are wounded or shot. And they, wow. everyone make way for them, like Moses with them with the Red Sea and right straight to Shut the up. clinic. 
And wow. it's actually quite fascinating. Shout out Moses, yeah. <laughs> and it's quite fascinating to see because there are videos out there showing you like aerial videos, showing you how fast people make way for wow. the motorbikes. And it's literally like, it's two guys on the motorbike. One is riding, one is in the back and the wounded person is in the middle. So they're like, you know, like balanced. And are the protected. police trying to now shoot the doctors and the motorbike people? They would go and harass them. Yeah, and there are instances of police. I mean, the snipers thing, I also don't want you to think it's a Hollywood movie. They're not shooting all the time. Right. But okay. it did happen many times. So, so they're not exactly trying to kill everybody. They're trying to scare people out. So yeah. every now and then you would hear one shot and one person. Like a, would, would, pop, be like, right? would there be warning shots? Like they would That's start shooting so the air thing or just... Well, the warning shots are the, are the tear gas, oh. right? Which is in and of itself kind of worse than getting shot, to be honest. The tear gas is fucking horrible. Yeah, what is that? Because, I, we, we were talking about that with Iran like recently. Like, I hear, what is that like to, to experience tear gas? It's actually, we found out later that they're not even using good tear gas. They're using expired one. Oh, GMOs. <laughs> expired tear gas. Yeah. My wife would not go for that. Yeah, would not put up with expired. She throws out yogurt that hasn't even gone expired yet. She says it might be <laughs> yeah. expired. Yeah, too. so you learn that. Yeah. You learn how to, because the, the, the tear gas is very um, acidic. So you try to, I don't know if it's actually acidic or the other one. My chemistry is terrible. But anyway, it has something that you fix with vinegar or Coca-Cola or something that does have high acidity. So I think tear gas is the other one, okay. whatever it is. It's Alkaline, like is that the name? I don't know. Yeah, something like that, whatever. But it, anyway, it burns your eyes really, really bad. And you very quickly, quickly can faint. So you develop, you soak a, a, a towel, and as I said, like Coca-Cola or vinegar, and you put it on your face, and you kind of try you cover to, your, yeah. yeah, so it balances it out. That's genius. Yeah, yeah. correct. So you do, yeah, that, and yeah, do you, do you stand with? I would have taken my like tallest buddy to come with me, so you know, just in case. Very <laughs> <laughs> chance of getting hit by the sniper. He gets shot. Yeah, I, mean, I would stay real yeah, close. Exactly. Yeah, a big short up. We got an advantage. Actually, what, what one of the main strategies you do is that you're never alone. Because also, you got to understand that these guys are all around the square. So as soon as you split off from the group a bit, you're taken, like right away. Mm. So the strength is really in the numbers. numbers. You just all stay together. together yeah. And yeah, yeah. And even when you try to go home or whatever, you also don't because they follow you. So you also don't want to go home alone. They uh, follow you home. Yeah. Wow. And that, they just ran yeah, them because there's a million people. This is the so first, this is yeah, the first time everyone. they're scared of people, right? So yeah. they know that if they try to follow me and I have 15 people next to me, they're going to be scared. But okay. if I'm by myself, they can just take me. And right? what are the gun laws? Like, I assume no one's allowed, no one has a gun, right? No citizens, like regular civilians. No citizen has a gun, no. Uh, so, uh, no, and you, you got to have it if you're like a fucking millionaire who, you know, has a crazy property or whatever, but you got to apply for a special license and, and the secret service, not secret service, whatever, the national security permission. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so then on January 28th, the internet got cut three days Mm -hmm. in, right? Correct. That, uh, which again, speaks to their stupidity and their naivety, because what happened is that they cut off the internet because they realized that people were communicating through you know, uh, the internet through like Facebook Messenger or whatever. They're like, oh, if we cut off the internet, they're not going to be able to communicate. And they actually not just cut off the internet, they cut off the network itself from around the, almost the entire capital, like that central area. So you also don't have 3G. You can't call people, you can't text people. You have no cell service. 
what that did though is that almost everybody who's watching from home now can't talk to their relatives or their friends in the square so they went to find them ah so so many people. people i would actually argue that there is maybe 50% of the size of the protest when it was at its peak was because of the internet cut it, being cut off because so many people just went either to look for their children right. or Moms because they they were getting the news from people writing on twitter or whatever now they're not getting news so they want to see what's going on yeah the old fashioned way <laughs> exactly the old fashioned way and because of that that actually that day overwhelmed the police finally because until then i think they thought they had a chance there was a lot of back and forth. They kick, they kill some people, they arrest some people, and they just think that at some point people will get tired. People did not get tired. The, the, again, the strength was in the numbers. When there was more people, people were like, oh, fuck it, let's not go to work, let's not do anything. We're just going to hang out here until you guys, until Mubarak leaves. And it became kind of standoffish. And this is when the kind of like they started playing politics because, as I said, in the beginning, it was like, oh, this is my last term. And people were like, nah. We don't think so. And then we believe, and this is kind of the common narrative, is that the army then had to be like, all right, dude, you, you got to go. Right, they because turned on him. They turned on him, yeah. And who did he also char- say, a couple other things I read, at one point he said he fired his entire cabinet and replaced him with a new cabinet. Correct. It's like when a mm-hmm. college Panic football move. coach it fires all their assistants, Kaplan. Yeah, at the end yeah of I'm year. not the problem. I'm going to get a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, but defense. the coach is still there. It's like, you're the yeah. problem, buddy. And yeah. then next he exactly. brought in a vice president, which he hadn't had a vice president in 30 years. And now all of a sudden he goes, yes, I'll have a correct. VP. So, and yeah. then that, he didn't get it, that he was the yeah. issue. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. That he didn't get it, that he was the issue. And he also didn't get it, that it was way too late. Yeah. Like right. he could have actually, people could have, could have kind of been okay with these reforms if they had happened in the beginning, but almost every step I, I, I'm, like even though I was obviously on one side, I like I like a good story. I like a good narrative, and the narrative was so bad mm. that every story was a disaster. Every move was a disaster for them, and it just speaks for just like bad decisions. Like these people did not make any smart decision throughout the whole the, the whole protest. Uh, so eventually, yeah, Mubarak did leave. Actually, that was so between twenty eighth of January. That's not when he left. That's when things got really ugly. He actually left on 12th of October, uh, February or 10th of February. If 10th you find of February is what my like research that. tells me. That's exactly it. 10th yeah. of February. And so actually, in- all these days where the, them trying to run, like make like them trying to get the protest to, to protesters to run out of steam, basically, throughout right. so many different ways. That's when I was camping. That's actually where I went all in. You is went all in. 28. Okay. Yeah, so I, I basically kind of, I did go to work because my company, which is a big multinational, would have like little buses for us. I was saying, they had worked, they had expect you at work during all this? <laughs> like, is, gonna... Yeah, because I was working customer service for, uh, for uh, the UK. Uh, so yeah. I Annoying to UK people had to call you and they're like complaining about their, their phone service. Oh, are they, I want yeah. to change my plan. I'm trying, trying <laughs> yeah, to return yeah. this to Marks and Spencer. <laughs> Hello. And you're like getting shot at. I'm like, I'm in a, I got to go to a, 
Yeah. Not just that, they're like, oh, my my service, my my cell service is not great. I'm like, I don't have any cell service at all. <laughs> my government just Believe- cut it. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm busy yeah. overthrowing yeah. the government. I'll be right with you. Yeah, just sorry. You're gonna, yeah. you're gonna be at a longer than usual whole time. I have to go overthrow a government. <laughs> I do cow. have that in, in in my routine. I think Tony, you remember that, like when I years ago, I had a bit about working for Vodafone and people saying that uh, I don't want to speak to a Muhammad because I would say my real name. Yeah, and I would just be like, "That's okay. You can hang up and call back and talk to Mustafa or Abdullah or Ahmed or Sama." <laughs> <laughs> They're all good people. They'll so so help you. Yeah, out. yeah, exactly. It's, it's like you think Muhammad's the problem. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, yeah, I started going. Actually, I stopped going to work at some point because it was just like it was too far, and I was I wanted to be in the square more, and I started like volunteering and doing and doing stuff like this, and then yeah, on the tenth of February he left. So what kind mil- of volunteering did you get into? Um, some, some, some general service. <laughs> oh, you can't talk about it. No, not, not particularly. I mean, I, you, you do, you do a little bit of everything. You kind of like clean up a bit. You help, you know, if someone needs help, you tend to the, like, if there's a doctor wants to you to buy some bandage, whatever you run, you run and you do that. Yeah. Yeah. You're not run errands. Stuff okay. like that. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not everything that is because this is actually kind of fucked up. But the current government is going backwards in time and and making sure that everyone who's involved is caught. So right. me telling you anything beyond that is mm-hmm. a direct like admission of guilt. Got it. Uh, Got so it. no, he was there. Yeah. He was like Jerry Jones at that thing. He was just there to observe. He didn't do anything. Okay, so uh, yeah, I somehow knew we were going to get to that reference. I, I don't know why I knew it, but uh, so okay, so you're there, and then when so he Mubarak goes down on February 10th, he he leaves, he gets kicked Correct. out of office, the military takes yes. over, and then when did you leave? This is 2011, February 10th. When did you leave Egypt? I left exactly a year on the like exactly a year on the dot to February 2012. Okay, so what happened between and February that one year? What happened in that one year that made you want to leave? So the military people, actually, I remember that because I was there. The military people showed up to the square and we celebrated them as heroes because they are the ones who protected us and they are the ones who helped convince the water to leave. And all they turned eventually. They They stopped shooting, right? Is that where? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. They to be fair to the military guys, they never shot. The ones that were. That was the police, okay. yes. The military was kind of on the periphery of the square and they were protecting the vital areas because you got to remember that his square also has the Egyptian museum, which has like... Right, it's a great museum. ton of, of like, yeah, ancient like like um, artifacts and stuff. Like if something goes wrong, people break into that in the chaos. That's like you know, crazy amount of monuments that could get lost or stolen. So the, the military was there protecting the museum and stuff like that. But to be fair to them, in the beginning, they were not really involved. They were just like kind of playing neutral. They did later, actually, just just for the record. They did later turn completely on the protesters mm-hmm. and okay. turn on all of that. So they're not they're not exactly great guys. But they but came in at first. They were heroes. To be fair at the time, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I remember that the, their leaders would come into the place square and convince people that it's over. We won. They're like, mm-hmm. you guys won. Go home. We're gonna regroup. We're gonna play politics now. You're now, you proved your worth and blah, blah, blah. 
And then little did we know that they wanted everyone out of the square so they can shut it down and make sure that no one ever goes there again to protest. So what did they do so you can't protest? They just they closed they it started, off? They upped, they upped the threats bit by bit. In the beginning, it went like, oh, you know, it's unstable. We don't want to turn it into, which is a, a running joke until now. A running joke is that if, you're, if you, your girlfriend says that you're late for your date, uh, you say, hey, at least we're not in Syria or Iraq. That's a joke. That oh, we, they don't want to turn it into Syria or Iraq, they would say. That's the, Correct. Yeah. So that started from these times when he says, hey, we're going to play politics now because you know what? They don't want to turn to Syria or Iraq. And the insinuation here is that the army in Syria is killing its own people. Mm. So that's the threat, really. It's not like right. if you, yeah. you do you want to turn to Syria or do you want to go home? So, meanwhile, don't make he's us, still in power. Don't make us still in power. be the bad yeah. guys. Don't make us do what we don't want to do. Correct. Don't make us be, be like, right. the bad guys. I don't want to be a stud, but you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You force my hands. Yeah. I got a chemical weapons yeah. deal. <laughs> so actually throughout that year, they also started having curfew for the first time. During the protest itself, there's no curfew. But the military started started uh, doing curfew. So it was illegal uh, to be on the streets from like 6 p.m. and then 8 p.m. or whatever. And you gotta understand Cairo is one of the busiest, most bustling cities in the world. You cannot yeah. send everyone home. It's just like that's not how we operate in Cairo. People live on the streets. People, we drink coffee at 2 a.m. because we have no alcohol, right? People don't drink alcohol. People, coffee is our drinking. We drink coffee and smoke shisha at 2 a.m. and show up to the office at 8 a.m. That's just our life. There's no alcohol live in street. Egypt? It's, it's, regula- it's heavily regulated, regulated. You can't really just go to a bar. You can go to designated places, fancy hotels and stuff like that. So it's not as common. It's a Muslim country. So when you got to China, were you just like, Blown away sad. that you could just drink beer? <laughs> no, I had traveled to Europe and stuff before, so I I I, I know I know what other people do. Uh, <laughs> do you drink any? If you're, do people drink at home though, or they don't even like how regulated is that? Egypt is vast majority is Muslim, more than ninety percent right. Muslim, so people right. don't really drink. So it's just really, the the ten percent is like either Christians who do drink or foreigners. Yeah. Right. Like, Okay. Anyway, those Christians, those Christians drink a lot. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, Christians drink a lot. Yeah, you know, you gotta drink when you believe in a fake god. What are you gonna do? <laughs> hey, easy. <laughs> hey, we can we can team up on that one, Mom. <laughs> Kaplan, we believe in the same god. No, Kaplan, I believe in the same god. You're the one who was uh, called hell. Really? You got the Jesus. Well, you've got yeah. the double. You've got. Yeah, you've, you've got, got the double. Dude, you can't do that. You can't double dip. Oh, you guys There's only one God. God. The sun. Yeah, we don't exactly. believe in the sun. In that, we, well, we, we, we believe, believe he's a prophet, but yeah. Well, none of us are going to see the devil. It's all you people. So yeah, yeah. My mom and I'll be hanging out. And we believe you're all going to Wait, wait, Turner, you don't have the devil? No, we do. We just believe you're the only ones going to it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Muhammad and I are going to be in hell hanging out, being like, God, I can't believe we were arguing about Israel and all that before. It's like, it was actually fascinating. <laughs> I just landed on me. I've done this with you guys a couple of times before. It's just landed on me. This is pretty much the first time I speak to a Christian, like a Christian Muslim and Jew. It's like a bad sitcom waiting to happen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Except there's like a sitcom idea. Normally, they've done tours like this in America, and usually the whole concept is we all get along. Like this is all us know, just telling so each hack. other that everyone else is going to hell except them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is the opposite. <laughs> we should. We should actually. You guys should invite me to do like a like a little tour. It should be called the. Fu- like, uh, 
It's called the Fuck Your Religion Tour. And we the all just go out. We all just rip. It's like roasting another person's religion. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that could, oh, that that's not going to end well. <laughs> no, but we're all like the three of us on stage roasting each other's religion, meaning that we can all say anything we want. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's a very good everyone story. would hate yeah. us. <laughs> everyone, the audience, the atheist, atheists would love it. All the atheists would just yeah. go there. Oh, we know we'd rip them. Oh, yeah, the yeah, exactly. Yeah, I gotta rip the atheists. They're too, actually yeah, the worst. They're worse than everybody. They are. The they are actually the worst. They really are. They're, They're the, the most smuggies. annoying. Like how how arrogant are you to just deem that there is no god? Like so arrogant. What the fuck? So yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got to play the odds. At least pretend and to believe. Not, yeah, and they exactly. inherently think they're smarter than everybody. Yeah, because you're smarter because you decided something does not exist. Do yeah, you know how retarded that sounds. <laughs> All right. Anyway. anyway, speaking of hell, what happened to Mubarak after he after he left? Did he just like hang out and oh, he went to, oh yeah, he went to like a seven star fucking uh, hospital. He had his own resort in Sharm el Sheikh, which is by the Red Sea. And he was hanging out there for years. He he was put on. I mean, they put him on trial, on right, or something. Or but they didn't. They put him on trial. It was all sham trial. So they did charge him with one thing. So he would show up to the trial on a stretcher, wearing like fancy Ray Bans in the courtroom. Yeah, yeah, because he's like, oh, I'm so sick. He wanted people. He wanted the They always get oh, sick right. when they lose Harvey power. Weinstein did that. Harvey exactly. Weinstein, Joe exactly. Paterno, everybody does this move. We get <laughs> yeah. sick. The older the same. You lose your power. You get, <laughs> get really sick. The big the three and Mubarak. It's like the power. The power is what was keeping their body functioning. Yeah, you know, like that's right. Like, their organs fail yeah. the second yeah. they <laughs> the second they lose. Don't have power them. anymore. Yes. It was all the military trying to like, you know, calm people down. So they had some some trials. They're like, oh, look, we're putting Mubarak on trial. How cool is that? And he would show up and it was like some sham trial. And then like in a couple of years, they charged him with one. So he got exonerated from all the serious crimes, which is like shooting the protesters and all of this stuff. And then he got charged with one thing, which is like some, some bullshit money that he stole, which obviously stole millions of dollars. But they just got him on one thing again, just to like make make it look like oh, we we did hey, something. Hey, look, we convicted him. We did something. Correct. Did he, and did he go to jail uh, at all, or he just? Well, he did the time that was already. Well, he was not in jail. He was in the in his fancy hospital, but they consider that jail time. So by the time he actually got charged, he was already finished his sentence. So, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, good so lawyers. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was all just like it was. Harvey should get um, Yeah, but actually, 20, 20, the rest of twenty eleven was was a total mess because the military is never power. There is a military council, so they were in charge, and they would, and then people started having political infighting because they were not decided whether to have uh, um, presidential elections first or write a new constitution first or have a new parliament first. So it was just a lot of political bullshit, but it was in a lot of ways on the street, it was more violent than the actual protest, even though it was not, it was not with the same number of people, but it was the military now in charge, which means every time you're on the street, it's you versus the military. Yeah. Uh, And we we skipped over it real quick, but that once Mubarak Mm -hmm. left, the military abolished the constitution and dissolved the, the government. Right. So you had to start that's, from that's zero and re- replace it. Yes. And then there was yes. an ele- when was the ele- first election held? It was about a was it about a year later or it was about a year later. Yeah. 
that's actually I had already I I had already left. Right. And they elected what was but, it Sorsi or was it how do you pronounce the Muslim Morsi. Brother, Morsi yeah. with the Muslim Brotherhood guy. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. had already left at the time, but also like actually when people ask me why did I leave, I didn't leave because of the initial protest. I left because of the rest of that year. Uh, because how badly the military handled it and how dangerous it became as well. I never felt, even during the, the initial days of the protest, I never felt unsafe, uh, not just because of the sheer number of people, but also because I kind of knew the limits of my opponent, which is the police. Mm. I knew these guys. My dad was a cop and he was active during the time. Oh, wow. Uh, he was not, he was not exactly in the, he was not in the, in the riot force. He was just like a, admit somewhere he knew but you he were was protesting police officer. yeah that's a whole other story yeah. but he did know i was protesting and we were kind of an op- he he was very sympathetic but obviously he also had a he had an official role to play right. but he understood what was happening like when we were when i was talking one-on-one he's like yeah i get it there's a lot of corruption and things are not great but you guys you know you should yeah, you know, make sure you don't destroy your country he's actually very wise about it but at the same time, throughout the 2011 year, they started coming after everybody to just make sure that this doesn't happen again and that they are fully in charge. Right. And that's when like the, the individual incidents happen and they're just so ugly. Because that's what I was saying. Like when, when you're in a protest with the police, you kind of know their limits. They have tear gas. Maybe they'll kill a couple of people. They will never go nuts. But when the military is in charge, it's they, they treat you as their actual enemy, as if you're trying to destroy the country. They have better guns. And they're ruthless. They can, yeah. And they have better guns. Oh, they have tanks. They have tanks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so there is like, there is there is one protest, there is videos of uh, around a place called Mespiro in, in Cairo, uh, where, where the, where the uh, TV tower is, like the main TV station, whatever bullshit. And there were some people protesting there for something that was not particularly political. And the military was just so fed up with everyone that they just ran people over with tanks. Dang. And, and there was just hundreds of, of dead bodies on the street. And it just shows you one example of like how ruthless they can get. And were they, you said they were, were they going around trying to find people who had been involved in the protests like oh, six yeah. months earlier, oh, yeah. a year earlier? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they did, they did a lot of that. And I, 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 I'm a nobody, but there was a lot of people who were actually famous because they were so like, you know, active on Twitter or whatever. And they were just all picked up from their houses. And some people obviously tried to play politics. So they would cozy up to the military. It's like, oh, we're the good guys. They want to play politics. They were spared for a little bit, but it's funny because now LCC came in 2013 after the military coup. And he's like, hey, yeah, I remember you. Come here, motherfucker. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, which yeah. is worse? I mean, of all these, you know, Mubarak, you have the military, the Muslim Brotherhood, and now you have the current situation where they're arresting. I read they arrested thousands of activists and people who were involved. There in is about 60, 60 to 70,000 political activists in Egypt right now, which is this statement alone being in public actually makes it like is, is a crime in Egypt. Me saying that in public is a crime. It's not, it's not, it's not an exaggeration. The fact that you say that on record on a public forum would, if they know about it, they would come and get you. But I don't give a shit anymore. Just to say that that exists, just to say that protests are Mm -hmm. are even there. Protesters. Acknowledging because he would repeatedly go on, on, on record and say, we don't have political activists, this is all criminals. Um, 
But then funny enough, every like when the, whenever the pressure is kind of high from the international community or whatever, he would actually release some of the political prisoners that he claims he doesn't have. Yeah. That don't <laughs> Magic. Exist. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. So how did but you leave? Yeah, like, when you decided it was time to leave, could you, was it as simple as buying a plane ticket and going? Yeah, it was. Luckily for me, for a couple of reasons. Again, one is that I'm kind of a nobody. Like I was not, I actually, you know what kind of, what really saved me is that I was not active online. That's what saved me. Okay. Because people who were active online had a record, Paper, right? Yeah. Of their activism online. I was more, yeah, I was more involved in, in on the streets. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of what saved me. Uh, so I'm just a number. They could have eventually gotten to me, uh, but also remember at the time we didn't have such high surveillance like right now. They learned all the lessons. Let me tell you now on record, not something like this will never happen in Egypt ever again. Okay. They, they learned so many lessons and they, they learned from all of their mistakes. This country is gonna like if it goes down, it's gonna go down with these people still in power. They will never allow it to happen again. So one of the lessons we learned is that you gotta put CCTV cameras everywhere. That was not a thing really back then. Now Egypt's kind of like London; it's just everywhere there are cameras. Um, but yeah, so but if you want to do it, you gotta go on the streets. You don't do it online, which is why Twitter activism is such bullshit. Mm, right. Because not just that you don't really achieve anything, but you also leave an incriminating record of your activism in a country like that. I don't believe, like especially in Egypt or or countries that are struggling with dictators, don't leave records online. Don't be stupid. But isn't it like with Iran? It's like when videos get out, though, it does. I mean, otherwise the world wouldn't even know it's happening. So isn't there? There's That's the true. You you make a great point, which is also how the the Khalid Saeed thing, the kid who got beaten up in the beginning. Did happen. What I'm saying is that that should not be your main right, play right. field. Yeah, right. It's that like, can be like... a thing that is used to ignite a cause or whatever, but it can't be like, hey, I'm fighting on Twitter and saying people are using the wrong pronouns or whatever. Like, just go do something. <laughs> right. Yeah stop, yeah, yeah. stop yelling at people on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. it's also that's true. That's not real. And what are, uh, it's not real. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna. What about the, what are the, like people like how deflating is it for like the Arab street or whatever you want to use word you want to use or just people young people in general that all these countries I think Tunisia is the only one that was a real success story then right I mean there was their democracy now correct but or sort of uh, uh, a little uh, bit uh, sort of yeah, a democracy sort of, sort of, yeah, yeah, democracy yeah, light uh, yeah democracy light. all the other and countries the are kind of returned to authoritarianism yeah they all regressed yeah correct so they all either regressed like Egypt or completely fell apart like Libya right so. So to go through them real quick, it spread, it started in Tunisia, it spread to Libya, Egypt, Yemen, Syria, Bahrain. And then there was also street demonstrations, maybe of smaller levels in Morocco, Iraq, Algeria, Lebanon, Jordan, Kuwait, Oman, and Sudan. So Correct. And all those Actually, countries- the, the, the Bahrain ones were really fucking ugly. Uh, they're, Bahrain is a tiny country next to Saudi Arabia and and when they protested there, it's it's a it's a whole religious thing of sex like Shia and so on and all this stuff. Let's not get into it too much. But they suppress it so quickly and so violently. I remember it being like pretty upsetting to see action. Oh. And so when you when you left, did you know I'm leaving forever? Or what was going through? No, your head? so the reason again, the, like without 
going into the full story. Yeah. The 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 the, the many reasons to leave. One reason I can mention was the fact that police officers in Egypt, if you're not corrupt, you actually don't get paid a lot of money, but you retire early and the retirement package is pretty nice. And my dad was not a corrupt guy. Mm -hmm. So he was just like, people retire, I think at 55 or something. It's pretty early. I think that's comes in most countries to be honest. But anyway, so he was like about to retire like in a year or two. So just one like of the reasons why, correct, yeah, exactly, just like Mubarak, good callback. Uh, so one of the reasons is that my friends who I was kind of close with and I would always go protest with started getting picked up by different security apparatus. So I knew I was kind of like next in line. And what that would do, I was not worried for myself as much as I was worried that if I get picked up, his career is fucked. He's done. Right. He won't get the retirement package. They won't. It won't get the retirement package. You might get fired. Something bad will happen. And I will have to live with that. I'm like, I can't do that. This is not fair. Despite the, no matter how politically different we are or whatever, I can't be the fucking idiot who fucks up his dad's career because I want to protest. It's just not right. But at the same time, because we have already lost so much, I also couldn't stay and do nothing. So I decided to leave. Okay. That's why I left. I actually yeah. never, we never had that conversation. I said that I just tired of all the fighting, which was also true, but that was the real reason. The real reason is that I just can't stay and like risk that or right. sit in Egypt and do nothing. So I said, oh, I'm tired of all the fighting. I'm just going to move somewhere else to, you know, until things come down. Yeah. And the easiest way at the time was to teach English in China. And that's what I did. That, that's the, that's the easiest way. Yeah. The people who end up in teaching English in China, it's it's a it's a Miley Kuro. It's a pretty good mix. I actually thought <laughs> I actually thought it would be yeah, the, the, the good mix was in Shanghai. But when I went to uh, to northeast China, it was pretty tame. It was just me and a bunch of white people. So I thought it would be like a refugee crisis, right? I thought yeah. it would be like a you know, a Yemeni guy and a guy from fucking Ukraine and a guy from Georgia. And stuff like that, but no, it was just me and like some bunch Canadians. of border Americans who couldn't figure out what to do with their lives. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's exactly right. <laughs> there was, there was an old American guy in the university where I was teaching. He, all I need to know about him is that he was called Downtown David. Downtown <laughs> David. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> exactly. Every every so small characters. expat community in China had a Downtown David. Yeah. Yeah, in America yeah. is just like and you know exactly what they're like. They've been there for way too long. Oh, they put up numbers they too. <laughs> they put up yeah. numbers. Oh, yeah. They put up they, big numbers. Numbers they could not put up in America. I had a friend, Texas John. He was our downtown David. And his move. I remember Texas John, actually. Yeah. His move was uh, in Sujo. He was already there. He'd been there like two months when I got there in 2004. And because he'd been there two months before me, he was the expert on town, mm -hmm. you know? So he told me everything. And there was two bars in town, two like expat. Well, not even expat bars, just two bars. One was the one we all went to. And the other one was the one we never went to. And anytime Texas John went on a first date with a girl, he took her to the one we never went to. No. That way, if she ever flipped out on him and wanted to come yell at him, she'd go looking for him at the other bar that we never went to. <laughs> what a genius. He was planning ahead. Planning. Is he still there? Texas John would have. Oh him. yeah. He's in Shanghai. Oh, cool. Lifer. Oh, yeah, Texas John is in Shanghai. Yeah. Um, 
I turn. I know this is kind of off topic, but did you ever talk about the your friend, the guy who stole a taxi in Suzhou? Oh boy! That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's mentioned. not mention him by name, but let's call him. No, not, Pete. not by name. But was he? Was he? Pistol was Pete. that story shared on the podcast before? It was that's not. a great story. We can share it now. Yeah. You want to share it quickly? I actually yeah. heard this from him, like, like shortly before I moved to away from Shanghai to Hong Kong. Oh, he I gave me the story. story like he gave me the story when I had a jazz bar. I remember it very clearly, but I want you to tell the story because I don't actually remember the details. All right, so, well, you might know a better version. You heard it firsthand at a jazz bar in Shanghai. So I'll, yeah. I'll try to do what I can do with it. But yeah. yeah, our friend, we'll call him Peter. Uh, his name's not Peter, but we'll call okay. him Peter. He's from <laughs> yeah. Belgium or no? Maybe Where's we should change the country. He's like, he's like European. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's like, a, yeah, just sure, I don't, picture he, like a European, European guy. Yeah, picture a yeah. European. Roger Federer looking. We'll call him Roger Federer. Yeah. Sure, that's good. In the movie, yeah. he'll be played by a Roger Federer-like type. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so he's on his way home from a bar one night, just blasted drunk, and he's in a taxi, and he decides the taxi driver is not taking the best route to take oh, him home. I hate home. when that happens. Yeah, I used yeah. to really hate that pre-Uber. So... He decides to, he's, I think he jumps into the front or maybe he's either in the front seat or he jumps into the front seat, uh, kicks the taxi driver out of his own car, <laughs> steals the taxi. And then immediately, cause he's hammered, just crashes it into a wall. <laughs> I was gonna say, if he goes home, they're going to arrest him. Cause he's he gonna drives know like gonna 300 feet and then just straight into a wall. <laughs> and then, <laughs> the taxi driver standing on the side of the road, like, what are you doing with my taxi? <laughs> my he sees it just swerve, 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 and then oh, boom, the taxi driver. Wall. And so then yeah. our friend Peter uh quickly thereafter gets arrested by the police. Oh, he did get arrested. For not only drunk driving, but stolen stealing a car. Well, well drunk stealing is worse than regular stealing, right? Or is it yeah, drunk bad, stealing. Yeah. You don't usually get away with it. Maybe it's not as bad. Stealing <laughs> while drunk. Grand theft auto while drunk. And, and uh, beating up a taxi driver, you know? Oh, because he, yeah. So he gets thrown in the clink. Mm. And I think he's there for, Muhammad might know better. I think he's there for like three to six months, something like that. Oh, Muhammad's frozen. We might have just lost Muhammad. This might oh, be the man. end of the podcast. We so might... he's three to six months in the clink and three, uh... three to six months in jail. And um, our friends are trying to get him out. You know, our Chinese friends are like, oh, I'll go down and like lobby to the cops to try to get him out. But um, they go down to talk to the cops and they come back With and the they Peter. go, oh, he's not. He's guilty. I mean, <laughs> right. It's like that Mumia case of that guy who, who people used to rally for in Philadelphia. Free Mumia, yeah. yeah. And it was like so weird. It was like, he was obviously guilty, but they, you got to just ignore that. If you get into a cause, you got to just pretend, but they didn't. Yeah. So we were all like our friends wrongfully imprisoned. We got to get him out. And then right. we find out he was very mm. rightfully imprisoned. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to, pro it's hard to have the passion once you realize that. But yeah. So he does three or four months and I, man, I wish Muhammad just dropped out. I wish I could tell the second half of this because I, all I know is that he was in jail in Suzhou and you don't, they, they, it's not like you get a bunk and a bed and all that stuff. It was just a not... room with a bench and oh. with a lot of people all in the same room. But is one bench per person or is one bench total? One bench for, for the room. Oh God. For like 10 or 12 people. For three and months? 
three months and the, oh, it's tw- the lights, the neon lights are on. Like it's like cafeteria, public school cafeteria lights. And they're on 24 hours a day. Do they go to a cafeteria to eat? Do you know? Or did he just, <laughs> yeah, you go somewhere to eat, but oh, you're yeah. not, uh, but mm. it's not like bedtime hours. They turn the lights no. out or anything. Sounds like a Turkish prison. Maybe it's worse. basically a Turkish prison. <laughs> so you're Speaking, stuck yeah. 24 hours a day in the, in the room. I guess you get out to eat, but you know, but it's never like you just have to sleep when you can sleep, but with all these criminals around you. But I did hear that his Chinese got pretty good in there. Your Chinese gets real damn good. Or any, whatever country you're in, if that happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now I'm just picturing Roger Federer in his tennis gear and his super looking his hair, his hair is super parted with his Rolex yes. on everything in the cell. And three months go by, he's gonna look like a different person, different man. <laughs> anyway, Cap, I guess that's the end of the podcast. And I, I'll filibuster for a second in case Muhammad remember I just remembered uh when I was doing my rant about all the, how all the dictators, you know, like you fall apart. Once you get arrested, you lose your health. Bill Cosby, <laughs> yeah. I should have thrown in there. Cause I think that's one of the great examples. He was like about to tour, you know, I remember he's going to tour and then he got, he got arrested. Next thing you know, he's his old man. He's got a cane yeah. he's blind. <laughs> so and now he's out. Bill Cosby, Paterno, uh, Mubarak. The big oh, and good thing you, good thing you uh, gave us a tidbit. Cause Muhammad now seems to be back in the zoom. I, he's coming back into the zoom. So yeah. anyway, maybe he met with he our friend finished. Peter. I guess when Peter got out of prison, he met him at a jazz bar in Shanghai. Are you there, Muhammad? Which if you're thinking jazz bar, picture um, uh, the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. <laughs> Remember at the beginning when they're in the jazz club in Shanghai? Hey, Kaplan, you there? that's very much no. that. Oh, yeah, very, that's what it's okay. very much. Yeah, the scene we're cooking that's with the here. Scene. OK, all right. Muhammad like is back. <laughs> Um, we'll just close this thing out here, Muhammad. Yeah. Can you hear us? He just told the story, the first part of the story. Yeah, he, brought yeah, us to prison. he brought us to the jail. All right, so don't worry oh, about nice. the headphones, Muhammad. We only got a couple minutes left. But I, so what I don't have okay. is the second half of the, the prison story of our friend Peter being in jail. In Shay, it, I know oh, that yeah. he's all, all I heard was that it was 24 yeah. hours, the lights were on, and you could not, there was only yeah. a bench. They all had to sleep on a bench. Yeah, and he complained that the food was not very nice as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm real shocked. Did he write a negative Yelp review? I mean, what, what he, <laughs> he also um, is a uh, he was a very a guy. He was a very European. He liked the finer things in life. He was always eating at the nicest restaurants and drinking the Bordeaux yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So what it must have been. Which is a pretty impressive for an ex-con. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He so what happens? His- he gets out and he and what he just goes back. He stays in the country, though. I guess uh, he stayed. I'm pretty sure he did. Like at the time, it was it was like the China days where you can just go home, change your passport, and come back, and you won't be the same person in the system. So I yeah. think he did one of those. I believe he got yeah. kicked out of the country, but he just reapplied for a visa. Yeah. Came right back. I mean, he was general manager of some like big factory, big company. He was out there as like on an expat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, the internet was different back then. They somehow didn't, couldn't figure this out. <laughs> yeah, couldn't figure out. He was the same <laughs> guy. He's changed. He changed like one letter in his name. He went from so. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Out. I don't know what he's up to. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's still there. I think he's gone. I believe he's left. But uh, uh, right. to, to close this case. thing out, Muhammad. So um, yeah. are, you don't. I guess you're probably not going back anytime soon, right? It, it would take a change in government. Yeah, probably. Uh, which I mean, obviously, there's a lot of details that we kind of skipped over, like the whole Muslim Brotherhood period, 
the whole elections thing so we can you know whenever you guys feel like it we can do another one uh, with actually i would like to talk more about the current system so it's interesting but it's also like it's it's fascinating to see from an outsider perspective how much they learn and how much they change to make sure to avoid that ever happening again so to me that's actually because i've been abroad for so long it's kind of fascinating to see someone learning from their mistakes because what a lot of people don't know is that al-sisi the current president was part of the military council that took over after mubarak left he was one of the guys and but he's he flips so much sometimes it's like oh 25th of january is the best thing that ever happened the you know path to democracy and sometimes same guy would go on tv be like 25th of january was the demise of egypt like which one is it yeah i read that he, he said that the uh, human rights are, are a western value at one point like it's not a oh wow thing that <laughs> he, he actually is i remember that because what he said he was to the french president i believe and he said like oh don't ask me about human rights when i can't feed my own people Something right. like that. Right. And the message, the message he's saying is that like give me money and then talk about human rights. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, like I mean the, the whole the whole thing with, with this current system is that they are just they are borrowing so much money. So let me just maybe do, we can close this out on, on this little fact, uh, which is I left Egypt in 2012. The one US dollar was about between five and six Egyptian pounds. That's the currency in Egypt is Egyptian pounds. Today, it's around 25 officially, and you cannot get it from the bank. Wow. Uh, in the black market, it's about it's about 30 pounds, or, or if not more. For, for $1. That's in the span of 10 years, for $1. So that, that's the major, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's expensive there. and yeah. Not so good. So good. Have you guys considered, have they considered Bitcoin? Not good. Maybe. It's because of the current regime's political, like uh, uh, economic. Have you thought of Bitcoin? Uh, I'm glad they didn't because even if it was doing well, somehow they would have fucked it up. <laughs> and how's life for you in Hong Kong? Uh, the comedy clubs are open, right? You guys are performing? We're starting to open up again, yeah. Uh, the government for the last few months uh, has been kind of weird about live performances, even when everything else is okay. But now they finally started to relax. And uh, yeah, we started to do shows again. So that's fun. Um, cool. Yeah, we're doing shows around town. Actually, we're going to start doing tours. So our buddy Andy is, is bringing in Russell Peters uh, early next year. So we're going to have big shows again. And uh, he told me about... Enemy of the yeah, pod, yeah. okay. Uh, so Andy runs, runs the tours for, for Live Nation. Uh, in Australia and Asia, and yeah, he's bringing in Russell Peters, who's going to start having big uh, tours again. So life is getting back to normal. Nice it man. Like our roast your religion tour can get going. Let's talk to Live Nation about that. Oh, yeah, roast let's your get Live Nation tour should actually be a thing. Genuinely, the put our tour us. together. So your fun. God is wrong. <laughs> and then what we can do? <laughs> your God is wrong tour. <laughs> and then what we can do is we can encourage anyone in the crowd. To shout out their religion, like oh, Mormon, them. and we can just oh, yeah. start ripping on. Oh, them. we can all team up on their religion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll yeah, bring exactly. us all together then. <laughs> yeah, because the three our three religions are supposed to be the Abrahamic religions, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
So even if they have differences, they're still the real ones, right? Right. Of those course, the yeah. three real ones. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Buddhism. Exactly. Yeah. Three real ones. Yeah. 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 Buddhism. Yeah, yeah, Buddhism. Hindu, Come on. I mean, Sikhs. Hinduism. Sikhs. They're worshiping a cow. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, pigs are disgusting. I would never eat that, but a cow is delicious. <laughs> Um, all right. Oh yeah, and then we can all gang up on uh, what is it? Scientologists. Oh my god, that's not even religion. Come on. Yeah, that's <laughs> Actually, they, they're the people who really control uh, is Hollywood. Is I'm not gonna say anything. About them. What is his their guy, like Steve or something? Kirstie Alley, she passed away yesterday, but she was Tom no, Cruise. No, no, their main she's their, a no, their their god is alive, right? Uh, Isn't Hubbard or yeah, Elron yeah, Hubbard. Guy. Is he alive? He's not alive, is he? No, no, no he's dead. But his son or his is he? Either his son or his nephew, L. Ron Hubbards, is a stand-up comedian who his whole act is talking about how bullshit uh, Scientology oh. is. <laughs> oh, well, you put him on the tour then. We'll put him on the tour. So Turner, <laughs> be a so Turner, in your religion, in your religion, that means Jesus is alive and he's doing stand-up talking about how much bullshit the, yeah. the Christianity is. Yeah, 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 exactly. The Son of God. <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. Love it. Son of God always closes. Right. He is not open for anyone. Yeah. Son of God, you gotta. You're, oh yeah, he's the closer. He's got a big writer. He's a writer of that dressing room, green room. Ridiculous. It's a, a lot of wine. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, of unleavened bread. No water. Yeah. So anyway. All right, that's the episode. A lot of hands. Muhammad Magdi, thank you so much for doing it, Kaplan. That's it. What should we do? Thanks for having me. This was great. Thanks for doing it, and we should get lost. Cheers, guys. Get lost, everybody. 